It's time for the weekly sports dump. And I'm your host, Joe Canale. That's right, folks. It's another episode. I guess at this point, I can't even say it's monthly. Uh, I would have to put us at bi-monthly sports dump. This is our, it's not even our end of year review though. Uh, And if you are not, if you are listening and not watching, you can go to our YouTube page, which is the sports dump at YouTube. And you can see that uh, today's episode is very special. It's a fireside chat with my brother, Mike Canale. Mike, say hey. Hi, everyone. Hey, are we looking at each other? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so in our fireside chat, thanks to Zoom's new feature, which is really disturbing and creepy because my brother looks kind of like he's floating and I somehow have a circle around like a Corona. Wow. Look at that. Using perspective to make your arms look huge. (laughs) You listeners are missing out on some great video. But what we're going to do today is we're going to do we have two main topics we're going to talk about. Uh, First off, the baseball Hall of Fame, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, all their veteran committees made their elections and the ballot is out. So we're going to talk about that because my brother is the resident sports history, uh, baseball history expert. He knows nothing about current baseball, but in 10 years, he could tell you everything about this season. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Champions League. Uh, The draw isn't out yet, but the 16 teams are set. And so we'll, we'll do a little bit of that discussion as the soccer brothers. And again, if you want to see this in a more uh, relaxing setting, you can go to the YouTube page and look at our fireside chat. And my brother has pointed out something excellent, which is that this fireplace is in the midst of a lot of dry leaves. It's a tinderbox. It is. <laughs> it, it looks like this is a disaster waiting to happen, which is a perfect uh, metaphor for the sports dump. So, so it's been a while since we've done an episode and I actually did an episode by myself last week that I did not release because it was just me railing on. Nobody wants that. Nah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You can can respond. You can give your, you can give your thoughts. I wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Nobody wants that. That's very true. So, so let's first of all, talk, Mike, you are again, an expert in the history of baseball. Uh, the early baseball era committee put two players in, Bud Fowler and Buck O'Neill. Of course, Buck O'Neill being a Negro leaguer who was instrumental in the Negro League Museum happening and has really kind of championed, or at least until he passed away, that cause uh, in a way no one really else did. And all stories about him were that he was a great guy. Yep. And wasn't he the one of the first... Um... Uh, African-American coaches in I believe he was. Major League Baseball? I think he may have been an executive at some level, too. Uh, it, he was a scout. Has him listed, yes. And he then wasn't, He wasn't a great player. No. I, I mean, compared to some of the others, but his, you know, he's, he's as far as significance go, he's as up there as, as high as anyone. He's an ambassador of baseball. Ambassador of baseball, yeah. In, in mm-hmm. a way that deserved Hall of Fame recognition. You know, years. I would argue that Phil Rizzuto, who's in the Hall of Fame, was, and this is what he got in for, but he was more of an ambassador to baseball than he was a player all those years. Now, it wasn't national, but it was in the biggest market, 
with the biggest team for all that time, you know? Yeah. And he's in the, uh, that meatloaf song, which again, yeah, <laughs> the, the, you can't get any more uh, culturally relevant than that. Than meatloaf. Yes. <laughs> the, the meat, the, the loaf. And it's the, not, uh... it's not the concert I list when I do the, those cat, those tests, you know, the security things. But I believe because I don't think it was technically the first, but one of my first concerts in college was Meatloaf at SUNY Albany. And he was not contemporary at the time. It was not like, oh, I'm not that old where I was from the Meatloaf golden era. No, that was sort of during his his kind of resurgence. Right. Like when I would do anything for love. He had kind of a. a, a Apparently that song's about um, uh, doing it in the butt. Really? I don't know. I heard that. On I thought it was. Show. I just thought it was about like cooking lots and lots of meatloaf. <laughs> cooking meatloaf. I won't do that. That's my one rule. <laughs> I hate meatloaf as a food. It's insulting. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Rizzuto and Rizzuto actually, you know, he's missed three years. We can talk about Rizzuto, but he missed three years, three prime years. Won an MVP, has a bunch of titles. Yeah, we don't have to get into Rizzuto. What do you know about Bud Fowler? All I know is he they, they consider him maybe the first professional African-American ball player. Yeah, and there's really almost – there's no stats available for him. Right, because did he even – did he predate, like, the formal Negro Leagues? He may have, and he may have played, like, in some leagues before they banned black players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the NFL had some African-American players, and then I believe they stopped for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pro- that's even more egregious, because what happened probably is that they were like, we cannot compete at the same level. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got to they got to the proof before they did it. Did you hear Demetrius Thomas? Though? Isn't that so sad? It is sad. It is sad. So 33. did uh, Mike Nesmith. Mike Nesmith died? Yeah. Molly just saw him in concert. Yeah. And she said that she was sure that's the last time she would ever see him alive. Oh, wow. Not so that we see the, him that often, but. <laughs> who's the final one? Mickey? Mickey. Wow. Yeah. Years ago when I used to watch the reruns of that show. I oh, thought yes. Sure, I thought for sure he'd be the dead one. The first dead one. So Beautiful I. Beautiful voice. It's like Grace. Yeah. Uh, Grace Slick. His voice. Amazing. Yeah. I was going to say Grace Jones, but. But. uh Similar. Who's the one from uh, Jefferson Airplane? Um, yeah, it's great. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, not the one from Conan, the Barbarian. Right, 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 right. All right. So we got sidetracked, as we often do, by deaths. Uh, so Bud F- Fowler and Buck O'Neill, both uh, Negro League icons. But both belong in. Yes. That, and then there's this, go- this Golden Days era committee, which is Gil Hodges. And I know you've spoken of him. Uh, Jim Cott, Minnie Minoso, and Tony Oliva. And for me, yeah, if I, I, the only one to me who absolutely deserved it was Minoso. Yeah. I, he should have been in years ago. And as I look at his stats, definitely his OPS plus. Now they all have a good OPS plus, um, which is a modern statistic, but his is uh, 130, which is pretty darn good. Oliva's is actually pretty good. And you could point to him as being kind of one of the first Cuban players, I believe. Or was he Dominican? I don't think he was Cuban. Um, 
I don't think he was. I might be wrong. Latino. <clears throat> Certainly. Um, and again, that, for, for years, that was kind of a strange workaround where an, a player who may have African background could still play if they were Hispanic. There was some of that, I think, integration before. Or were they also in the Negro Leagues? Dominicans? I think they were. Like Minnie Minoso. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, uh, there's some others. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, a guy like Roberto Clemente, who was young when he joined. The, so he, he never played in the Negro Leagues, but he probably, if he was five years older, would have. Right. He right. would not have been in the majors. Yes. Uh, and Willie Mays and guys like that. But Frank then you Robinson. got guys like now I'm I'm just trying to th- no I'm, I'm trying to think of like integration because like a guy like. Um, uh, like uh, Roy Campanella. Well, yeah, but but he he played in the Negro Leagues to start his career, and, and I'm thinking of Louis Aparicio, but he he came a little later. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to do that episode later on. But of those guys, so you think that Minnie Minoso is the one most deserving? He does have of over a thousand RBIs, two thousand hits, uh, yeah. twelve twelve hundred runs. Yeah, he was like he's surprisingly. Uh, his statistics were better than I actually thought they were too. His, his on-base percentage almost four hundred for his if career. You look at, if you look at the White Sox, who are were never really a great hitting franchise, they're sort of more known for their pitching. Yeah, he's one of their. You know, after Frank Thomas, you could argue he's their second greatest. No, no, and 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 Eddie Collins, you could argue he's their second, third greatest hitter in their franchise. Julius Joe Jackson, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also a player I'm going to bring up right here uh, who did not get in. Oh, Dick Allen. But he, he, he was more of a Philly, but yes, he did win his MVP with them. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. I was thinking about this before I got on, like him versus like a Jim Rice. Now they played sure. different positions, but they were both kind of mashers, feared hitters. But he was a better player than Jim Rice. Oh, he was a better I mean, hitter than Jim Rice. He was the rookie of the year. He, you know, uh, he only finished uh, MVP top 10 three times. But a little bit of that was probably because people did not like him. Which is, again, one of the things that I absolutely hate about baseball, probably more than more than any other sport, the, the writers dictate so much. I just looked, Dick Allen, over 900 career OPS, which for a hitter is... That's Hall of Fame, especially in the era he played in. Yes, he yes. played in that era of low batting averages, and you know yes. the pitcher, the tip, a good portion of his career was in that pitcher-dominated era. Yep. So the fact that he was slugging like that in that era is insane. And you know, it's it's the I guess he didn't he wasn't friendly with the media. Who gives a crud, man? Who gives a crud? Neither was Steve Carlton. No, that's and he, he's turned Carlton. out to be a crazy dude. Crazy man. You know, he, his statistics, you know. Overwhelming. You, 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 overwhelming. But I mean, but Bonds he, and Clemens, you know, they have the, they have the, but they're hated as well by, by journalists. Well, neither of them were very friendly, even pre. Um, yes, that's the thing. Pre, yeah. They would have, like Steve Carlton, gotten in on that. But Dick Allen's numbers, looking at them, they're better than all four of the guys who got in. Oh, from that sure. era. And they're better than so many of the guys who are in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, 
Um, yes. You know, he, he never, I don't think he was, I don't even think he ever played in the playoffs or maybe late in his career. He did that hurts always with these certain guys. I mean, Gil Hodges was, Gil Hodges is one of those guys, almost like a Joe Torrey. Maybe he gets in two ways um, because he brought the miracle Mets. Right. Um, and then who knows if he could have coached longer, but he died very young. Oh, of a heart okay. attack. He, died, he was in he's 47 during a spring training, dropped out of a heart attack Oh as, dear. A, as a coach. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Uh, I think he was a good guy. So they say. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, and again, now the good guy thing plays into it with with the writers. Where it's yeah. like, you know, and, and there are a number of, you know, examples of that, of guys whose kind of reputations are better than their statistics. Right. You know, Jim Cox surprises me a little bit. Um, And I'll tell you why, like a Jim Cott over Tommy John, for instance. Yeah. uh, Whose statistics, they're they're almost identical. Yeah. Tommy John, you could argue, is for, for, you know, was more instrumental on the game because of a surgery he had than, than, you know. Like a, uh, and so his name will live far longer than many of his contemporaries who were much better players. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. He, he does have, you know, how many wins does he have in his career? 288, 231. Yeah. Same as Jim Cott. Same as Jim Cott. You know, he was a, he was a grinder an innings eater. He was like a Don Sutton who didn't, you know, if Don Sutton had won 290 instead of whatever he won, he'd not be in the Hall of Fame. Or yep. he would be like, it's you know, that, he it's was, that 12, 12 games. If, if Tommy John played one more year. Maybe. Or in 1975, he didn't play the whole season because of Tommy John surgery. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, and then 76. So his first year back, he comes back and, you know, has a pretty decent season. Did he ever you know, his ERA series? was 309. Yeah. What's his career ERA? 334. 26 That's years. I mean, you know, for that alone. I guess you think, though, like 26 years, you didn't reach 300 wins. And he was only an all star um, four times. In, uh, but the year he almost won the Cy Young, he was not an all star. Very weird. Oh, it's also uh, and Cot. You know what helps Cot is those gold gloves. And again, you know Ozzie Smith, but Ozzie was spectacular. Yeah, and Ozzie played the the position, the most important defensive position on the field after catcher. Absolutely. So, so he dominated on defense as much as any non pitcher could. Yes, you know that's right. Uh, but yeah, Jim Cott, and then his, his broadcasting career doesn't hurt, even though he's had some faux pas the last year or so, I think. He has, yes. Yeah, I liked him when he was a broadcaster for the Yankees. If you're 80 years old, get off the air. Yeah. And, you unless, know, you're, unless, unless you're the dude from the Dodgers, that guy was just killer Scully? his whole career. Yeah, Scully was the best. He was. But he was, he was like stuck in 1961 or whatever. And that just carried him. He was, he was a good guy. He like, like a, a museum really piece. Guy. Yes. Yes. He, ne- he never had faux pas. I don't think. Not Maybe any that we know of. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was in L.A. for years, which, you know, if you're going to hide something evil, L.A. is a great city for that. Now, let's talk about the uh, they have another committee picking players this week, I think. Right. And Lou Whitaker. No, that's not this year. Oh, that's next next year. year. So they alternate these committee years. So that'll be like a modern. So I think there's four or five. There's like pre like there's like like early baseball, which goes like into the 1800s, where there's a few guys there who, you know, should should hopefully get their due eventually. Who's the best of the pre uh, 1900 baseball players not in the Hall of Fame. There's a there's a shortstop, Bill Dahlin, D-A-H, who played for the Cubs, I think, for much of his career. Who, <clears throat> again, if you're looking at advanced statistics, was fantastic. Um, and again, if you're, you know, I, I like the advanced statistics, but if you look at those compared to contemporaries and guys before and after within a you know 20 year period he's up there with any of them but what is his reputation uh that's because he did stuff that wasn't valued as much then well right right and with that but that's the his that's the that's the hall of fame in a nutshell yeah these guys who like walked a ton yeah um instead of you know getting three thousand hits aren't valued as much which is insane Yes, when, you know, when you look at like Pete Rose, now he's not in, but his, his value he for all those hits, so many are singles. And he walked a lot too. He would get on any way he could. Yeah, he was a, yeah, he was a, I mean, you can't, he's not an argument. Um, but, no, no, but I'm saying a lot of his hits are singles, which if you're going to get a walk or a single, there's no difference. Although if there's but, men on base. But you argue Jim Rice versus his outfield partner. Um, uh, White Evans. Dwight Evans and, and Evans dominates in almost every single category. He played a little longer. That's kind he, of an odd one. He, yeah. Because you have Jim Rice and Dwight Evans in Boston. And I'm sure uh, Evans was more popular in Boston. It's just interesting that Rice gets the Hall of Fame kind of argument made for him, whereas Evans doesn't especially in the racist town that is Boston. That's what I mean. Yeah. Being Boston is especially uh, curious to me. What hurt him in Boston, it's the reason why his number isn't retired, is because he spent his last season only with the Orioles, which is crazy. But he was a good defensive player. He walked a lot. He had power. They they say Rice was more feared. That's that's a – you know. That's a racist thing as well, maybe. Yeah, right. They would say that about Dick Allen too. Uh, um, I don't know, but you know, he, he did a lot of the, even look at Willie Randolph. Yeah. Willie, now I'm not saying Willie Randolph belongs in the hall of fame, but does he belong in the hall of fame more than Bill Mazeroski? He certainly does. Mazeroski is a, a, a great second baseman defensively and he hit that famous home run, but Willie, Willie walked a hundred times a year. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, the historic moment that, that mm-hmm. helps him. So much, you know. What they say he might have been the best defensive second baseman ever, too, especially on the double play. Well, there you go. But you know, his advanced stats are are half of Willie's. I also think it's interesting they say that about him, like Mazarowski, greatest defensive second baseman. But I bet if you were to just like put him next to Robinson Cano at second base, 
Oh, right. No would get to everything he got to. Oh, yeah. Make it look smoother. And, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just as an example, you know, the same way they talk about Bob Cousy versus today's players. Right. But exactly. That would be like me against today's players. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were probably, you probably would have been in the NBA in 1955. I think I probably, I probably could have. My height at that point would have been, you know, a a tall guard. You would have been like, yes, right, exactly. Who can dribble with both hands? That's already right. Yeah, and and if you look at the shooting percentages back then, they all nobody could shoot. They were just like mine, under yeah. under under forty. Yep, but yep. they hadn't invented the crossover dribble yet at that point, so I would have had some advantages. Anyway, uh, so so those are the guys who are who are in, and then we uh, talk about the that Lou Whitaker's the guy you want in next time. Oh, if he's not in, that, that's just... Was he better than Trammell? I mean, if you, again, we're talking advanced stats. He's got five more war than Trammell does. And they played about the same amount of games. Um, he, he had power. He had some speed. They say he was quirky, but who cares? He again, really that's not an element, you know. Rue Waddell, listen to the, the, the dollop episode on Rue yeah. Waddell. He, he, that guy left games to chase fire trucks. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's a whole new, that's a whole different kind of it. I don't know why they didn't make a movie about that guy. Uh, because because you, I think it would end up being making fun of a developmentally disabled person. I think he was, I think he's also on top of that, maybe a raging alcoholic. Huge yeah. alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. With <laughs> mental problems. I mean, yeah. And, and a Hall and, of Famer. And a Hall of Fame arm. Uh <laughs> That guy still has some like strikeout records that are crazy. All right. Did, yeah. He, I mean, forever. Yeah. Uh, so Whitaker, Whitaker needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that, it, we'll it, save that argument for that season. But we've got here uh, the, the baseball writers ballot. Uh, and I'll just run very quickly through all the names on the ballot. And this is the order that they're appearing because it's the, I guess, what year or what percentage they got last year based on the most percentage of last year or first year. So Kurt Schilling got 71 last year. Barry Bond, 61. Clemens, 61. Roland, 52. Viscal, 49. Wagner, Billy Wagner, 46. Todd Helton, 44. Gary Sheffield, 40. Andrew Jones, 33. Jeff Kent, 32. Manny Ramirez, 28. Sammy Sosa, 17. Andy Pettit, 13. Mark Burley, 11. And Tory Hunter, 9. Those are your returning people on the ballot. And then just very quickly... Oh, we've got a couple more returning, uh, Abreu and Tim Hudson. Those guys were all your players who uh, were on last year and got at least 5%. If, would you vote for 10 guys on this ballot? Well, let me mention the new guys. A-Rod, David Ortiz, Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins, Carl Crawford, PV, Justin Morneau, Prince Fielder, Joe Nathan, Tim Lincecum, Papelbon, Perzinski, Ryan Howard. Um, I would vote for it's tough because Ortiz and Rodriguez should be in. And Manny Bonds, Clemens, Manny, Ortiz, Rodriguez. Those are five. I don't absolutely. know if there's 10. Kent Sheffield belongs in. That's eight. That's six. Um, I mean, Andrew Kent. Jones has a lot of. I, um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if I, let's see, six, 
Yeah, I mean, Pettit, what do you think about Billy Wagner? Pettit, yeah, Wagner goes seven eight. Um, let's see who else. I mean, Sosa hit six hundred homers. It's amazing, uh, but but still six hundred homers, and he doesn't have sixty WAR. Oh, he doesn't have sixty WAR even. Wow. Which is hard to do. He hits so many meaningless homers. He was the guy like the Cubs are down ten to three in the ninth, and he hits a homer. That was like those were the homers he hit. <laughs> he hit a lot of those. Like that season, he did. He was, you know, I. I he's such a weird guy. You know, that's another like. It's got to be so weird. You see athletes who get this money and come from nothing. Add on to that the language barrier, the cultural change that's even more and then he was embraced by so much oh my god yeah <laughs> and he, then he was just like he and, was, and that shows something too because mcguire is still in the game yes. you know like mcguire is still open and welcome in the game and that dude juiced just as much as sosa did yeah is what's his name on not even on the ballot anymore palmero <clears throat> no he's wow. gone wow. yeah Guy with 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Is not even on the ballot. Disappeared. Ay, ay, ay. Well, again, and, and that might be, well, all these steroid guys are, most of the steroid guys are getting punished. There are some in who clearly, I'm sure, used. But the way he did that finger wag, that really. And you know, if Bonds and Clemens don't get in, they're probably both so disliked even within the hall of famers that they'll never get, they'll never even get in uh, a veterans committee, in a veterans committee either. Something would have to change culturally in a huge way. And then what you'd have is like 10 guys get in Sheffield, Manny, A-Rod, you know, I mean, that's the way to do it. Let them all in, in one class. And then whoever wants to come comes and whoever doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Give him uh, like that. Yeah. Schilling's a tough one. Statistically, to me, he's worse than any of the steroid users as far as like. As a human off, being, no doubt. As a, as a human being. Yeah. He's just he's he's become such a rotten person. I didn't realize that he had almost 80 wins above replacement. Oh, dude. The guy was a really good pitcher for a long time. Yeah. You know, um, his whip was really good. His ERA was in. Eh. But again, but, the era. Yeah. You have to look at the era he pitched in, which was right. tough. He didn't then, pitch in the American League as much, which was a tougher league to pitch in. Yep. He pitched in, he did for a little while, but I mean, that, look, that's why I always love Messina. Messina pitched in the toughest division during the toughest era and and was awesome. He, you yep. know, I love Messina. Is he, he got in, though. Oh, yeah, he's in. He's in. Yeah. Uh, so... Of these guys, so you say you're voting for Bonds, Clemens? Uh, oh, Bonds, Clemens, Rodriguez are no doubters for me. Yeah. No doubters. Manny's a no doubter for me, honestly. Oh, That's yes. Four. Um, then after that, Ortiz, I would say, I mean, you got if, if Harold Baines, which is just comical, is in the yes. Hall of Fame, Ortiz, so the, Ortiz is five. Then I go Sheffield to six. I think Pettit should be in the Hall of Fame, seven. Then you have to put Schilling in. Seven, yeah, Schilling, eight, uh, Wagner, nine, and then... Todd Helton? 
Uh, God, I or Scott Rowland. You could wait on him. You could wait on him. Jeff um, Kent. You can't wait on him too long. Yeah, this is his ninth uh, year. He was another one people didn't like that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, that clubhouse must have been awful in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to go in there and there's nobody. Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Maybe Sosa. I, I, just, just, for, just for the home runs. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of these guys who, like, that's 60 wins above replacement. Again, I know we're talking advanced stats. But that's kind of a demarcation. And you look at all these guys who played earlier in the Hall of Fame who, who aren't at that number. So many. Uh, so, you know, a guy like Mark Burley, who knows if that guy pitched in the 40s, does he get in? Well, his, what is his war? 50? Almost 40? 60. His is? It's 59.1. What's, what is Pettit's? Pettit's is uh, 60.2. They're very close. But Pettit has all those... I mean, Pettit is that, you know, the postseason. Yeah. He's got a bunch of postseason. He also has uh, 40 more wins and seven less losses. And he's maybe, if you're talking. That's the Yankees, though. Yes. But he also had a skill. He was probably the best ever at the pickoff. But Burley was maybe, you know. I don't know how many pickoffs they each had. That's got to be, you've got to be able to find that somewhere. Burley was a good pitcher too. Burley for me falls in the um, category of the Dave Steed. Hall of very good. Yep. The best thing about Mark Burley uh, is his games were two hours. Mm -hmm. And, and I've said this over and over again, why young pitchers don't look at a guy who couldn't really get past 90, but had good mm-hmm. control, who threw a perfect game and a no-hitter. One award series, yeah. But, I mean, the fact oh, yeah, that a yeah. guy with that stuff has two no-hitters, yep. it was pace. It was yeah. all pace. And he controlled the game with pace. And he was fast. And he didn't give hitters time. And he just kept his fielders in the game. His perfect game had a couple of really good plays. Oh, um yeah. It's just so amazing to me, the stubbornness. It's kind of like the underhand free throw of baseball. Yes. Where rather than sit on the mound forever and let the, the hitter get comfortable and ready for your one pitch and think about I, what's coming. I talked to you about that for guys who should be bunting more. You know, these these five foot nine middle infielders who are swinging for the fences instead of putting one down. You know, that's Gardner. Brett Gardner could hit 300 instead of 230. Yep. Because they put that shift on for him, too, even because he's become such a pull hitter. That guy could have, you know, with the defense he had, if he had, if he played his offensive, if he played offense like Ichiro. Yes. Yeah. You know, he could have been. Yeah. You're right. Instead of like, you know, and and again, a, he's probably a very good fourth outfielder for 10 years of his career. Yeah. He was a fine player and and a starter for some of those as well, but you're right. He could have been Ichiro. I mean, Um, I don't know if he could have been as good as Ichiro, but he could have played his game more that way. Yes. No, Ichiro again has came up differently, (laughs) but that's, (laughs) but, but see, it's very American, you know? Yes. Gardner was the, I'm sure all through high school is the best hitter. I don't know if he went to college or not, but you know, he's probably the power hitter, all this. Absolutely. Stuff Cause these guys are just so much better than everybody. 
You know, mm-hmm. he probably hit inside the park home runs because he put it down to the fence. Sure. Um, yep. But yes, it's the guys who adjust. And again, they say about Ichiro that if he wanted to hit 30 homers a year, he could have. Yep. They said that about Boggs, too. Yes. Boggs is another guy. I mean, I, I miss watching Wade Boggs. Even when he was – I was little when he was really killing the Yankees. But I just remember kind of like dad – you know, being sick of him all those years because every, you know, hitting it off the wall, but he was brilliant. That's exactly it. Like, and, and there's certain guys, uh, you know, Pete Rose also like that, who are like, I don't, there's no shame in me bunting when you're giving it to me. Yeah. That's the ridiculous thing. Baseball players have become less all around players. Yeah. They are oh, less yeah. skilled all around. Absolutely. We sound so old. Luckily, but, but, the youth of this fire is helping. But <laughs> uh, we do sound old, but I, I, I like the modern players. I, I'm not like Goose Gossage, who's like, you, you know, Goose no. Gossage, they're the guys who are like, you got to do it the right way. They're probably the ones who are like, you can't bunt on a shift. Or, I, I, you know, if you're, you think Ty Cobb. Or you think that like Phil Rizzuto wouldn't bunt Ichiro. on that? Ichiro? Oh my God! Yes. If, he, if he if they shifted for Ichiro, he'd hit he five. Did, and, he'd, and he'd have and his slugging percentage would go up because half of those would be doubles. Yep. He'd put it yeah. right past third base and he'd be at second before you could get the ball in there. I just yeah I don't it, baseball has become so boring to me over the years partly because of the strikeout and these guys are striking out all the time instead of you know. 1980s Cardinals ball, which is really like, like fun. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love the home run. 80s Cardinals fun. 2000s Cardinals, no fun. No fun. Difference, no, no. Tony LaRusa. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Also, how skinny the 80s Cardinals got. Oh, my God. Willie McGee, Ozzie Smith, Lonnie Vince Smith, Vince Coleman. Vin- oh, yes. Those guys were all, but they were Terry all Pendleton. Burners, man. Tom Herb. Tommy Her, yes. All right. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. And and you know what? This episode has gone so long. So basically, I do you think? Let's 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 just get back to the Hall of Fame ballot for one second. Do you who do you think it's in? Because as far as percentages of their their Hall of Fame percentage, what do we got? Uh, you know what? The only two I think who might get in this year are Bonds and Clemens. And they're the only two. I think Schilling has shot himself in the foot. He's done. His declaration last year, take me off the ballot. He's done. And you know how petty these sports writers are. True. They will. And they'll get less votes than last year. He's already tracking less. And Um, and 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 that that also another reason about these baseball players. Hall of Fame votes and the ridiculousness is, is that th- they they're going to set their vote up to write their column, mm-hmm. which is you know going to be the oh you didn't want I didn't put Kurt on my thing this year because he said he didn't want to be on it so here's right. my you got what you wanted Kurt column, and again that's not the way to vote. No, these that's that's what I hate so much about baseball writers. They're so they're petty. More than any other, like sports writers, so self-important. Like, oh my God! There's truly, 
here I am talking about how no players bunt anymore. So maybe I'm self-important too, but, but these guys are, I, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not wielding some power yes. over, over You're somebody. You're saying it from you know, the perspective legacy. of a fan, which they can, they can deliver that as well. But it's, it, again, they, they, there's too much politics and all that other shit involved. Here's the thing about Bonds, Rodriguez. Clemens. Clemens. And, and Manny Ramirez, maybe. I think that even before they may have discovered steroids, they had, they were Hall of Famers. I agree. Bond, Bonds and Bonds and, and Clemens, particularly. Yes. Now, you don't yeah. know, I don't think Manny was juicing in Cleveland. I don't know. You don't know. But like, if he wasn't, that was his most dominant era, you know, and you figure he could have done that for a long time. That's another guy who used that wall. Oh, that guy was a killer, man. I, I, I maintain that he hit two home runs in a game because I was close enough to heckle him that he could hear me and just on first pitches, both just <laughs> launched him out. He was like all those guys over the years, those Yankee killers. Um, he Boggs, Alan Trammell was a Yankee killer. I mean, you could, those were, uh, th- there's probably a few others. Pedro. Too. There's some pitchers or well, Pedro for, yeah, for sure. Um, um, but yeah, there's, there's those guys you always remember who were just, I remember Dave Rigetti gave up a grand slam to Alan Trammell. I, I remember, and dad just kind of played. <laughs> to his knee. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, Rigetti. What do you why didn't you take him out? Yeah, I like Oh, that's when he was a closer, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Dave Rigetti. He wasn't a bad pitcher. No, he had a no-hitter. He was he was, you know, he's another guy who got a little more shine because he was on the Yankees than he probably would have anywhere else. Probably should have, yeah, that's true. But he also was one of those first guys to convert to a closer. And yeah, he w- at one point had the um, the record for most saves in a season. Briefly. Did he? Yeah, Eckersley before. actually preceded him in doing that, but then he was another guy who, who went no, from no, no, starter. Eckersley no. didn't become. Eckersley was basically like finished, and then Larusa. Oh. Uh, 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 what's his name? Now, re- clearly, Brigetti didn't play as long as Eckersley no. in the seventies, but he he converted um, sooner than Eckersley did. Like at oh. least before, yeah. Okay. But even even Goose, even Gossage, I think early in his career was a starter. I think most guys come well, up. Yeah, they probably well, same thing. They're the best player on their team as yeah. a pitcher, and they're young, so you're not going to just use them for one inning. Even even Rivera, remember that first year he came up and Supposed he to be a I, starter. Yeah. 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 Good times. All right. Well, we're going to save the soccer talk. Uh, about the Champions League, because this has gone plenty long enough. And maybe talk about it after the draw. The draw makes it a little bit more interesting on Monday. So we'll bring the soccer brothers back then. We'll uh, we'll see how the the feedback on this background goes if you go to our YouTube page. But if you're just listening on our usual podcast, then no no worries, I guess. (laughs) 